0: Brian has gone has been going through a series that we're going to leave alone and let him finish. And we're going to kind of give you a snapshot of what the next series of preaching will be after Brian gets finished. So this is the series dealing with the parables of Jesus. And so this particular one is out of Luke chapter 18. It's a small parable, but it's one that we will have a chance to get into But... We have to remind ourselves the definition of a parable is something simple. A a parable is a succinct story in pose or verse that illustrates one or more instructive lesson or principles. Holman um, Bible Dictionary comes up with this as stories, especially those of Jesus, told to provide a vision of life, especially life in God's kingdom. Parables mean putting alongside with purpose of comparison and new understanding. Parables utilize pictures such as metaphors that frequently extend them into a brief story to make a point or disclosure. And we have at times looked at parables. You have read them, you have studied them, you have um, sung them at times. But these are great ways for a spiritual truth to be brought forth, and so we will go ahead and nope. Oh. Okay, let's go ahead and turn to chapter eighteen of Luke, and we're just going to be looking at verses one through eight on that. This is the NIV. I know that Brian uses the ESV, but I've been So ingrained in NIV, I have a hard time changing translation. So bear with me on this. Starting in verse 1, it says, Then Jesus told the disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there were a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge said. And will not God... Bring justice for his chosen ones, who cry out to him day and night. Who, who <clears throat> will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they are get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on this earth? As we look into this a little more, this parable has a couple of different elements. One prayer. You see that very evident on that. But it also comes at the tail end of a section dealing with the coming kingdom of God. In chapter 17 of Luke, there is discussions going on with Pharisees and Jesus. Later in chapter 20, as this is a part of the section that leads into 18, Jesus is with his disciples and they're talking about that, the coming kingdom of God. Um, he's helping them to understand that there is a process in this. Um, that the, he will be believing. Um, when he told his the, uh, disciples that there was a day that the kingdom of God will come, it will be visible to all, but first the suffering of the Son of Man must take place. Suffering precedes the glory of Jesus. He compares the coming, his coming again to what happened in Noah and Lot's time. It was such a devastating moment of humanity there. Jesus indicated that the expected day of the Son of Man coming is a day that they will long, but they will not see. It underscores how total and swift the judgment that is coming will be. There will be a separation of the righteous and the unrighteous. So he he does that in chapter 17, verses 20 to 37. Then he goes into chapter 18, verse 1. Starts off with the word then. That's an interesting word when you look at that. Then. He that he has gotten all this and then he comes to this point. It's almost like a moment in time that he wants to bring, bring their attention back. And he says, then. Then Jesus told a parable. They have heard parables before. They have heard him constantly use parables. And sometimes he does not give the meaning of the parable. And so they just kind of mumble and bum themselves. And then later they go to him and say, okay, well, we don't understand. Tell us the parable. This time he tells them up front what the parable is about. He says, Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Part of this is their understanding that Jesus was leaving. And he would be coming. They don't know how soon he would be coming. And the common part about human is that we will promise that we will be faithful for the first day. Second day, maybe the third day, in about a a week or so, we tend to kind of slide a little bit. I missed it this morning. I'll do it later and then later it becomes a couple of days and then you get to a point where you forget overall and Jesus knows this he knows that the disciples and us would do that and so he reminds them that you should always pray and not give up it is a challenge in our lives a challenge to remember to pray We're called to pray all the time. But it is a challenge to pray without giving up because sometimes the answer to our prayer takes time to come. In our lifetime, we have prayed for people to come to know Christ. Some people have said, i prayed for years, 20, 30 years, and finally the answer came... Others have prayed for 40, 50 years for a loved one to come to know Christ, and they finally do. And in that 40 or 50 years, they were faithful to constantly come before Christ, His throne, and lift that person up for them to experience a life-changing life in Christ. To help illustrate this point a little bit, he says, okay, let's... I'll give you a little story to deal with. And he goes, he says, listen to this story. He says, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with a plea, grant me justice against my adversary. A simple prayer, or a simple parable, two people, the judge and the widow. Some insight about the judge he doesn't care about people at all. Doesn't care about God. He could care less about what is said about him. Most likely he has no compassion. He's immoral, he's wicked, and he's okay with it. What's interesting in 2 Chronicles chapter 19 verse 6 and 7, Jehoshaphat instituted the judges. These judges were the ones that took care of the everyday issues between people. This was the silver court. Uh, it affected everyday life. And in this passage, Jehovah lived in Jerusalem, and he went out again among the people from Bershia to the hill country and turned them back to the Lord, the God of their ancestry. He appointed judges in the land in each of the fortified city of Judah. He told them, consider carefully what you... What you do, because you are not judging for mere moral, but for the Lord, who is with you whenever you give a verdict. Now let the fear of the Lord be on you. Judge carefully, for with the Lord our God, there's no injustice or party or bribery. But this judge could care less about God or people. It was an important position that he held. He had a duty to provide justice, provide compensation, to be compassion. We see that this judge in this story was not. It's much like what Amos said in chapter 5, verse 10 through 15 about these judges. There are those who hated the one who uphold justice in court and detest the one who tells the truth. You levy a straw tax on the poor and oppose a tax on their grain. Therefore, you have built stone mansions, you don't live in. Though you have planted lush vineyards, you do not drink the wine. For I know how many of your offenses and how great your sin. There are those who oppress the innocent, take bribes, and deprive the poor of justice in the court. Therefore, the prudent keeps quiet in such times, for the time are evil. Seek good, not evil, and you may live. Hate evil, love good, maintain justice in the court. Perhaps the Lord Almighty will have mercy on the remembrance of Job. The disciples understood that. They lived in an environment where there was corruption. The judge was supposed to be true and honest, but it was not. And Jesus is using this parable with this judge to point out the next part. The second person, this is the, the widow. We don't know how old she is. A widow could have even been early 30s because they married so young. Life expectancy was not long for men in that time period. Normally about 30 to 40 years. Women was much longer. She was destituted. She had a serious issue because she was seeking justice against somebody who defrauded her. She was coming to reveal her desperation and need for justice. She possibly had no family, husband or man, to care for. She was alone, destitute, powerless, helpless, unloved, uncared for, and despised. But she kept coming to the judge, most possibly daily, because in that certain town, she would see him as he went from home to work, to the market, to visit friends. She would see him, and she would approach him and saying, I need justice. You're the judge. I need justice. Listen to my plea. She wore him down because of her persistence in coming. In that passage where it says, by the judge that uh, keeps bothering me, Keeps wearing me down. It's a in that passage where it says, "He says I, so that she won't eventually come and attack me." That Greek phrase there really implies to beat someone black and blue. So he realized that there was a consequences in that. But there are, but. What motivated the widow to come and possibly spend every waking moment coming to the judge, knowing that she will be refused? It was the perseverance, knowing that it was justice that she was seeking. And what happens is that in that, in that story, the judge finally gives, okay, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of listening to you. <sighs> All right just to stop this harassment of you, every time I turn around you're there, I will give you justice. And he does. And here's what in verse 6 Jesus said. Listen to what the unjust judge said. We go back to, to what he said. even though I don't fear God or care for what people think, but because this widow kept bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. Jesus goes on and says, and not will God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night. He's contrasting this judge with, With God, a judge that could care less about people who is finally worn down by the persistence of a widow seeking justice, that he finally relents and gives her what she needs. And he says, how much more would a God who loves you, cares for you, walks with you daily, seeks after you, care for you for justice? The persistence of this widow tells us that she knew that she needed to be persistent. Just like in our prayers. We need to be consistent and persistent in our prayers. We pray for people constantly. Anytime we have a, a prayer service, anytime we have a gathering, there's always a need for prayer for someone who's sick, someone who needs a chance to redeem themselves. We pray for people that are lost. We pray for people that are in power over us, for them to be wise and frugal and responsive to the needs. We pray for leaders, pastors, friends, neighbors, family members, those that are in the family and those that are outside the family, that they will come to know Christ. We spend time in prayer. But you know, there are some people that take a viewpoint of this prayer and say, well, if I pray once, that's good enough because God knows my prayers. He he knows everything. So I just mention it once and then walk on. The application of this passage really is not for God, it's for us. Because it's us who has to be reminded on that. that God cares for us, God will take care of what is needed. God is not grudgingly about granting our desires for justice. We should keep asking for the justice of the people of God. Our patience and willingness to make the request should never run out by continuing making that request. We stay sensitive to the need for justice to come, So we are like that widow who keeps asking. Because it's us who really needs this prayer. It's us who needs that interaction with God. It's us that needs to be reminded. So when the answers of those prayers come, we can acknowledge Christ was faithful. God was faithful in my life. He did provide what I needed. If we pray once and walk away, we forget. And when that answer comes, we just go, oh, that's neat. Oh, great. That worked out. Without realizing it was God who provided that justice to provide that answer to their prayer. So he tells the disciples that after almost three years together, I'm going away. I don't know when I'll be back. But you need to pray and And don't give up, because you may not see me until. And he reminds us that we need to pray and not give up. How many times did somebody say, "Hey, will you pray for this?" Sure, I'll pray for your need, and you hope. I hope it's a short need. I hope it comes quickly because I don't remember it. We use prayer lists to record our prayers. And we go through every so often and we sometimes make a note saying, hey, this was answered. But do you spend the time in praying for that? This widow came to the judge daily, probably most likely multiple times in a day, to remind him that he needed to provide her justice. Do we come to God daily, more than throughout the day, to pray? to remind us of our prayers that we are giving because God will answer those. And if he answers those, how do we respond then to him? Do we praise him for his answer prayers or do we just apathetically acknowledge, oh, great, answer a prayer and move on? How should we persist in prayer unless repetition Long sessions of prayer, attending daily or weekly prayer meetings, keeping our request constant before God, or something else. The answer to those four or five questions is yes. Perseverance means keeping our request before God. Some will take that belief that once is once is enough for that prayer. Okay, Lord, you know it. Take care of it. Others will just say, okay, fine. God knows everything. I don't even have to pray about it. He knows what I need. He'll take care of it. But the reason for persistence in prayer is not to remind God, but to remind us of our faith in God and our belief in He will answer our prayers. When we live by faith, We are not to give up. God may delay the answering of our prayer, but his delays always have good reasons as we persist in prayer. We grow in character, faith, and hope. It's for us. It's for our development of a follower of Christ that we come and are persistent in our prayers. And yes, some prayers will take a while. Some will be simple and easy. And God answers it quickly. Others will take a little bit longer. Others may take a whole lifetime. When he asked the disciples, Do you pray? Do you give up? He says, I hope that I see in you this same type of persistent prayer that this parable talks about of, of the woman, of the widow, who persistently came day in, day out to bring forth her request for justice. So the follow-up question to that then is if we are to pray for God's will in our lives, for Him to fulfill what is needed, because we ask for a variety of things, sometimes we wonder if they are truly part of what we should be asking for we're reminded of the third line in the Lord's Prayer. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We add the phrase to our personal prayer of, if it is your will, Lord, to be flexible in in allowing God to fulfill the need in our lives and the answer in our prayers the way He needs to do it. Because if it was me in charge, I would have automatically, as soon as you breathe that first word, the answer of prayer there. But God has our best interest at heart to remind us that it does, some prayers will take time to do. The answers will come. But are you persistent? Because it will help us to grow in faithfulness to Him. There are prayers you have probably prayed off and on for years. Most likely related to a loved one coming to know Christ. And you constantly said, Lord, just zap up that person. Get them shaken so bad that they have to respond to you. But God's answer to that is, I have a way that I can reach him or her. You'd be faithful in praying for them. In verse 8, Jesus asked the question of them, Will I find faith when I come back? What an interesting question he asked the disciples. They knew that he was leaving. They knew that there was a coming return of Christ. And he says, Will I find faith when I come back? Meaning And it really means when, when he comes back in the second coming. Will he find us faithful? Will I be praying with the same perseverance that this widow showed in this parable that I didn't give up? It's easy to give up. We do it all the time when it gets a little hard, when it doesn't come the way we want to. And here it is, a parable to remind us to pray without giving up. I'm sure the disciples understood that as time went along and they were constantly waiting for the return of Jesus. It didn't come in their lifetime. Were they faithful in praying? God knows about it. Are we going to be faithful? Are we going to pray and not give up? We every day we have an opportunity to do that. This parable is a very small little one, but it has such an important message. Will you continue to pray with the same perseverance that by going to Him daily, and maybe sometimes more than daily, to seek Him, to lay the request down on His? at the throne of His grace and mercy, and say, Lord, I'm back, and I know You know about this, but I I know that You're using this to help me become more like You with the, the same steadfast faithfulness and hope. I have a hope that the words I say in a prayer, He knows and hears, and He will respond accordingly to His perfect will. Do you have that same type of faith? That Jesus is looking for. So with that, let's close in prayer. Gracious Lord, we praise You. We praise You for You are compassionate and loving towards us. That You seek after us. That You love us with an undying love. That in the midst of everything that we live, You are there. You are faithful to us. You are not too busy. To hear us. You never leave us nor forsake us. Your your promises in Scripture reminds us of your faithfulness to us. You call us to to pray without ceasing. To pray and not give up. Father, we at times stand before your throne of grace and mercy realizing we have failed to even mention prayer. To come and, and just pray to bring forth the requests and the concerns of our hearts on a constant basis. We know that you are all sovereign, that you can answer these prayers any way you want because you are sovereign. But help us, Father, to be consistent, to be faithful, to be persevering, and definitely in times of need and in times of want because. That's the challenge, Father. We can get so wrapped up into our own world, we forget about you. We forget about seeking you. You have promised to give us wisdom and guidance. You have promised to give us strength and a peace that surpasses all understanding. You have promised your Spirit who will guide us in all truth. You have given us your spirit to mold us into the same image of Christ, the same attitude and compassion and mercy. And so we pray, Father, that that phrase, pray without giving up, will resound with us, will help us as we come before your throne constantly throughout the day to praise you, to glorify you, to seek intervention for others to pray for blessing upon them as they struggle to seek justice that justice that you provide so Father let us be like like that widow who is persistent in praying we thank you Father we praise you in your holy and precious name we pray. Amen. We are, Mark's are going to lead us in a song. The altar before here is free. You can come and lay down something that you need to share with Christ. You're welcome to do that. I'll be up here and Philip will be in the back. If you have something you need to talk to us, we're available as well as one of the deacons. But it's important for you to realize you are cared for. You are loved by an awesome God who has given His life for you. Come and worship Him.